Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Lisa Byington in this hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Mel's mock draft is up. I love it. I live for this stuff this year more than ever before because of my connection to the draft, but I always love it, and it's fascinating, and you can see it all on ESPN+, Plus. where, by the way, we stream every single day, every single weekday, Live sports talk here on ESPN Plus. Greeny, the hashtag crew is here. Hembo's here. Bubba, Nuno, and company. I've got a question for them coming up in a few minutes. But quickly to run through this mock draft because I figure you're fascinated. Mel has the first four picks as quarterbacks, which, again, has never happened before. We've seen the top three picks be quarterbacks. We saw four quarterbacks in the top ten three years ago. Mel and McShay, by the way, are projecting one, two, three, and four. Trevor Lawrence, one to Clemson, excuse me, to Jacksonville. Two, he's got Zach Wilson to the Jets. Three, he has Carolina trading up to take Justin Fields. And four, Trey Lance, the kid from North Dakota State, going to Atlanta. The other quarterback in this first round figures to be Mac Jones, who's having his pro day at Alabama today, by the way. Mel projects him to go 15 overall to the Patriots. There then isn't another quarterback in this draft projected to go until Kyle Trask from Florida, about whom there are a lot of questions. I'm not sure he gets picked even in the second round. I think he's more likely third-round kind of guy, maybe second because of the position. Again, we've seen surprises before. The point is those are the five guys that you will keep an eye on here, and we'll see where they wind up. Now, it's a really interesting draft, and as I told you, I know so much more about these guys than I normally would. I'm telling you, There are two other positions that I think are incredibly good in the first round of this draft. This is my opinion. One of them is playmakers, and I'm using that phrase because I'm going to include Kyle Pitts in that group. Kyle Pitts is listed as a tight end, and when he gets drafted, they're going to say he's the highest-picked tight end of all time. But I'm telling you, to call him a tight end is not really doing justice what he does. He lines up inside. He lines up outside. He can do everything. He's Travis Kelsey waiting to happen. Look how valuable that guy is in the NFL today. He's awesome. And then receivers, just if you don't know them, remember these names. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. There are others. Kadarius Toney is this kid from Florida who is awesome. Tutu Atwell is a, a speedster. The guy runs like a 4-2-1 or something, 4-2-something, 40-yard dash out of Louisville. He's phenomenal. Elijah Moore is another receiver to watch from Mississippi. Uh, Terrace Marshall is a receiver to watch from LSU. So there are a ton of those guys, playmakers. And then the other position that I think is very good in the first round this year are the cover corners, which I think are as important as anything in the NFL today. Look, I, I went to the school of Revis. I went to school on Revis Island. My philosophy of defense is, There's nothing more valuable than a shutdown corner. I will take a shutdown corner. I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would rather have on my teammate a real great shutdown corner than an edge rusher. You can find a lot of different ways to to rush the quarterback, to pressure the quarterback. There's not a whole lot of different ways to just say, I'm going to take your best receiver out of this game. Terrell Rivas did that. And that's how the Jets got to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Darrell Rivas, in my, the fact that he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year those years is a, a, an absolute ludicrous joke. But anyway, I'm not saying these guys are as good as that. But there's a bunch of really good ones. Patrick Sertan, the second from Alabama. You might know the name because Patrick Sertan, the first, played in the NFL. 
There's a kid named Caleb Farley coming out of Virginia Tech who's a converted wide receiver who's a great corner. Now, I read something yesterday. He was having some sort of medical procedure on his back. On his back, which was an issue for him in the season. So that's a a question mark. He was like the first high-profile player to opt out of Mm. this year. So he didn't play this season. Then there's J.C. Horn from South Carolina, who's another one whose father played in the NFL. His father was the receiver Joe Horn. There's Greg Newsom, who I know intimately because he played at Northwestern, and he's awesome, and he's a shutdown corner. He's a really terrific player. So there are a bunch of good players at that position. So if your team needs those guys, those are the things that you'll be keeping an eye on. Again, the entire uh, mock draft, the first round that Mel put together, it's mock 3.0, is up on ESPN Plus right now. Uh, in the meantime, there's, there's something that I, I think I want to get into here. I want to see what the crew thinks of this. Sneaky Big News. Did you see that Evander Holyfield's people, I'm not sure who exactly this is, but the people who surround Evander Holyfield said that Mike Tyson turned down $25 million for the two of them to fight over Memorial Day weekend of this year. Tyson and Holyfield, who had two of the most legendary, infamous fights that you've ever seen, and I've said it a million times. I was working at ESPN. I was an anchor on ESPN News the night that... Mike Tyson bit off a portion of Evander Holyfield's ear. And if you ask me to name the most fascinating nights I've ever had in the industry, that would be right up near the top of the list. Anyone who claims they didn't get their money's worth for whatever they paid for that fight that night is just lying to you through their teeth. We were following one ambulance that was taking Evander Holyfield to the hospital and another ambulance that was taking his ear to the hospital. It was a fascinating night. And so I've always said with Mike Tyson... You didn't always get a great fight, but you always got a great show. I always thought you got your money's worth. And these guys are both in their 50s now. So it is obviously an entirely different situation. So I want to bring in the hashtag crew on this. Let us start with hashtag Bubba, my disheveled board operator. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Bubba for many years was an award-winning writer for Ring Magazine and and has uh, published many books on the sweet science. So he is a well-noted boxing enthusiast and analyst. Bubba, were those two guys to fight right now at this stage, Evander Holyfield or Mike Tyson, would you buy the fight? I would not. You would not pay for that fight. You would not pay, plunk down a few bucks to see Holyfield Tyson now. No. Did you watch Tyson and Roy Jones? See, that was an exhibition, and that's different. I don't know exactly what qualifies. This would, I assume, would be a fight. Yeah, if, I don't. Th- I don't even know. I don't. Is it going to be a fight? F- how do you? What exactly makes a fight an exhibition? Like I, I don't, I don't know. No, the answer to your question is no. I did not watch that. And if it's an exhibition, I change my mind. But I believe this was a fight. Like they were going to actually fight each other. They're just, for lack of a better word, two old men fighting each other. And if they did that, if I, if I promised you it was a real fight, would you pay for it? No, I don't want to see. No, I don't want to see them fight. It's ridiculous. They're okay. almost sixty years old. I, I don't. Well, how I don't, old exactly is Holyfield? Someone tell me. Am I fifty-eight? He's 58, and Tyson? 54. I'm in. I'm telling you again, I'm in. Hashtag Nuno. Hashtag Nuno, are you buying the fight? As much as I want to say no, I will be buying the fight. Yes, that's it. That's an honest man. That's Bubba, no. just, that's Bubba the, the pugilist who's sort of holding up his nose. Let me bring in Devin, who has a chance to earn back his hashtag here, although he sent a very dicey text to the group chain yesterday that was very close to losing another letter. <laughs> but let me bring in Devin. Should I tell everyone what it was? 
please. We were contemplating doing a list of the five greatest Lakers ever, and we decided it didn't feel right. We were going to do it in honor of Elgin Baylor, and we didn't want to do that because it just didn't seem like the right way to honor the all-time great Elgin Baylor. We're throwing around names, Jerry West, Kobe, all this stuff, and, and there comes Devin with a little text. How about LeBron James? I stand by it. That's LeBron. He's already there. Yes, he's been in L.A. for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I think he's he, – does he have found his way? Has he figured out his way? Does he still need the ways to get to the arena? But anyway, I'm not going to get into that with you right now. Would you or would you not, Devin, plunk down your hard-earned money to watch Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield fight? I would drive to work and watch it for free. <laughs> okay, now you're Evan again. That's not an answer to the question. I mean, that's just not the fact that you work at ESPN is not an answer to the question. In fact, that's two letters. You're now just Vin. You're just Vin. He started out as hashtag Devin. He lost the hashtag and he lost the D and the E. You're now just Vin. We got Bubba, we got Nuno, we got Vin, and we got Hembo. Hashtag Hembo, are you buying the fight? No chance. Why? No chance. And Why I, not? Like Bubba said, they're ancient. It wouldn't be a fight. It would be a mockery. No, it, it would, would be, be fair. It would be a fair fight. I wouldn't want to see Mike Tyson fight someone who was Tyson Fury because they're, they're separated in age by 30 years. But right, this is a fair fight between two 50-something-year-old men. Fair, sure, but it won't be a good fight. It might be a good fight. And as I've said many fight. times, it will be a good show with Tyson, even if it's not a good fight. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Coming up next, Tourney Talk with a rising superstar who has changed the game forever. Live next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, we've got who we, uh, what you want to know coming up a little bit, so we'll take your phone calls in about 15 minutes. And who you got is on the way as well. But right now, I've been looking forward to this all week long, it is my delight to welcome on the Goodyear Hotline someone who makes all of us who went to the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern proud, an outstanding alum of our school, an outstanding. She played basketball and soccer at Northwestern and has been doing play-by-play at the Big Ten Network forever. So I've been seeing her do games for a long time. So I didn't even realize how big a deal it was when they assigned her to do men's games at the NCAA tournament. But it turns out she's the first woman ever to get that opportunity. And as was to be expected, she was just outstanding. Here's Lisa Byington with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Greeny. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's wonderful to have you. And again, you, you make all of us from Northwestern very proud. And I hope you got a chance to watch your old women's team play yesterday as we won our first tournament, first tournament game since 1993. 
I, well, you know, I actually was traveling, so I missed it, but I saw Joe McEwen dancing there on the sidelines. So that was good enough for me, right? And they have a big one coming up as well. He was dancing, and Lindsey Pulliam had a big night, and so there's that. But let's, I, I really want to just talk about the tournament because I, I don't, I don't want to turn this into let's just, you know, it, it, you did a wonderful job, and that's what's to be expected. But it is, it is, it is inescapable that this was historic. So I, I guess I would begin by just asking your emotions. I know it was a very big deal was made of it. I think unanimously everyone thought you were fabulous, which does not surprise me at all. But now that it is, now that this weekend has come and gone, how do we feel? I, um, I can exhale. I'll say that. I, I, I told a bunch of people yesterday, these were my emotions when I woke up the, the first day after I was done with the tournament. Um, I was grateful. I was happy and I was extremely tired because, you know, when you're going on adrenaline, you don't realize how much you're going on adrenaline. And, and since the announcement that came during conference tournament week, um, I'm not going to lie, like I, I was tight. You know, you could feel a knot in your stomach just because you understand the, the pressure, you understand the history piece of it. And you understand that you have to perform. And, and I will say this, that not in the stomach after that Abilene Christian game in Texas, um, the second that that horn sounded, all of a sudden I was able to exhale. And it was the first time when I called the next day, when I called Oral Roberts and Florida, um, it, it almost, that was the first time that it felt like just another day. You know, you had to kind of survive that big moment to know that you can do it and then just kind of get that out of the way. Oh, you were fabulous. And as you mentioned, you had two calls, you know, like like when you do that tournament, I have to imagine. I've never been a play-by-play announcer, but like you dream about having that moment where like Abilene Christian just beat Texas. Did you did you plan what you were going to say? I mean, how, how, how do you prepare for something like that when you get, that's really the dream, right, in that spot is to get the big upset. You know, so I, I've had some mentors, some some really good play-by-plays and some producers who have reminded me, don't ever forget to watch the game 30,000 feet and above. Mm-hmm. You know, because as you know, Greeny, you get so involved in the game, you're thinking, okay, this guy's got 10 rebounds and, and this guy's shooting two for five, but you forget what's the big picture. So I'll say this, in every commercial break, I always try to write down storylines as a reminder or trends. And during the Abilene Christian Texas game, it was in the under eight, media timeout um, where I wrote down the word unbelievable because to me and for Abilene Christian, this was going to be an unbelievable win. And just to make sure I had communicated with Grant Boone, who was Abilene Christian's um, main radio announcer. And I texted him in that same commercial break. And I said, I just want to make sure that this would be the biggest win in school history. Like I'm not missing anything. And he said, absolutely. So I wrote down that word, Greeny, and I wrote down unbelievable. And so I had that kind of ingrained in my mind. That was my 30,000 foot above perspective of this because it was. Here you got a, a school that was D2 just a few years ago. The resources, the money that they have just doesn't even compare to Texas. Like for them, this was their David and Goliath moment. And so I had in my subconscious the word unbelievable there. And then I just kind of let it flow. And that's the first thing that came to mind. Believe the unbelievable when I saw them, you know, throwing the ball in the air and, and celebrating. So that's how that came about. It was awesome. Lisa Byington with us here on ESPN Radio. We had a few of those because you had Loyola beating Illinois, which is like the in-state, you know, big school and knocking them off and all the rest of that. All right. So now let's just talk about the tournament. You are a I, the reason I first knew of you is because you do all these games on Big Ten Network. I am I'd like you an alum of a Big Ten school. We went to the same school. I picked all of the Big Ten teams to have a huge month. <laughs> and here they are. Eight of, the, uh, eight of the nine of them are out already. 
How would you describe what happened? Why did this happen? Why did the Big Ten have such an incredibly bad tournament? You know, I've asked myself that because I I kept saying that Illinois was one of my favorite teams to watch. And I had Gonzaga and Illinois in the national championship. Um, You know, I guess I'm asking myself the question, was the Big Ten overrated um, or did they underperform? And and I just, you know, like you were saying, I've watched them all year long and I just have to keep thinking that they just underperformed. And, and when you only need one game to knock off an opponent, like you have to bring your best. And unfortunately, the Big Ten has not. Um, you know, I, I still think Michigan has a chance, but it's going to be tough against Alabama. I'll say that Alabama wins that one if Michigan cannot get Isaiah Livers back, because I do think he's important for them to make that sort of elite, elite run for them. They have to even get there first. Seth Greenberg this morning, here I'm trying to make myself feel better, and he tells me the big upset coming in the next round is Florida State is going to beat Michigan. So he's he's got our entire conference out by, well, I guess it's not Thursday anymore, Sat whatever the next day of games are, he's got us out right there. So we'll see. The, the other big one is Loyola. And, and is it, as you follow this more closely than I do, is it appropriate, based upon their Ken Palm ranking and everything else, to describe them as a Cinderella, quote-unquote, because th- they feel like they're a lot better team than they were seeded? Everyone's been talking about Loyola, right, all season long. And, and, and this is the beauty of the tournament, is that now we get to see these teams. We all watch the Power Five conferences, and now we get to see these teams, the Loyolas or the Max Acemas, who plays, you know, the leading scorer in the country that no one knows about for Oral Roberts. So, yes, just because we don't watch them every night does not mean that they're good. I think that the Pac-12 is sending us a message that we all need to stay up later, right, to watch (laughs) basketball because not a lot of people knew about the Pac-12. I mean, my colleague, um, Jimmy Jackson, lives in L.A., so he was telling us the whole time how good the Pac-12 was. And so I think Loyola fits under that. And I'll tell you what, the Midwest bracket is screwed up, right, Greeny? So if there is a path, I mean – that to me, obviously, with the couple double-digit seeds, that's the one that's that's the throw-up sort of bracket, and uh, you know, kind of just throw the throw the dart and get your winner. So I, I mean, why can't Loyola make it to the Final Four again? Yeah. They're good enough to do it. The seeds there add up to thirty-three, which I think is the second highest ever, or something like that, at this point. If if you add up the total seed numbers, the thing about that kid Acemas, who was the leading scorer in the country. And maybe there was an explanation of this. There was no S in the beginning part of his name. And, and so I was completely confused by that. Would, would, would you, did you ask anyone about the spelling? If I'm not mistaken, is his name spelled A-B-M-A-S? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yes. And there definitely is an A-B there. And so right. it's, yeah, we had to clarify. And uh, the, the funny story about that. So Ian Eagle had his first round game and then right. I had his second round game. And, and you're listening to Ian, you're thinking that he's making a mistake. And obviously he's not because you know that we're doing our research. So I actually had some people on Twitter without even researching or, say, or telling me that I'm saying his name wrong. And it, it's one of the most unusual names ever. So I had to double and triple check with the SID, but um, yeah, you know, you're, you're looking at your assignment and you're thinking, Oh great. I've got the nation's leading scorer. His name's Admus. Right. That's my point. <laughs> realize it's not even, it's not even close to pronouncing it that way. So years ago, the bears, when I covered the bears, they had a player named Otis Polk who spelled his name O C T U S. And I said, I've never seen a name with a silent C. Like you can just put a letter in it. I guess you can pronounce anything any way you want to, right? But it just, it didn't, Lisa, to me, it didn't make any sense. 
it didn't. No. And and like I said, I had to double, triple check because that is definitely not the name that you want. If you get a name wrong, that's not the name you want to get wrong. Right. He's the nation's leading scorer. Anyway, uh, let us try and do this again sometime soon. I, I, I just wanted to say congratulations. Um, you know, you made all of us proud. I, I think I, I sent you a little note last week just to say that, you know, all of us at Northwestern were extremely excited to see this. And you deserve this opportunity. And a million other people are going to get this opportunity. And it won't become a big deal anymore soon, which is the way it should be. But for you, it was a very big deal. So congratulations and enjoy a little rest. And we'll catch up again soon. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And I appreciate, like you said, reaching out about a week ago. And and it was time, you know. So let's move forward and make it more than norm so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Absolutely. Again, anyone who watches Big Ten Network, this was just normal. You do these games all the time. And uh, so to me, it was nothing out of the norm. But I, I, I recognize the big deal that it was, and you were the right person to do it. So we're thrilled. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Take care. That's Lisa Byington. All right, I'm up against the clock here. I, got it. I could have done that for a lot longer. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back. Who you got is on the way, and I got to set up the calls. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll do what you want to know. Whatever your questions are, you got questions, tournament, NBA, NFL, whatever you like, 888-SAY-ESPN. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The hashtag crew is in the house today. It's hashtag Bubba, hashtag Hembo, hashtag Nuno, and just plain Vin, who not only doesn't have a hashtag, but he's lost the first two letters of his name. He's no longer Devin Kane. He's just Vin Kane. <laughs> We've had- Thanks to Lisa Byington, Mel Kuyper. Good fun today. And right now, time to come to you. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. And if you can convince Bubba that you are worthy of being on the air to ask your question, then uh, we will all get to hear from you. The game is called What Do You Want to Know? You ask me a question, I'll do my best to answer. Bubba, who do we have first up here on ESPN Radio? First up is Greg. Hello, Greg. What would you like to know? Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Greg. Yep, let's move it. So, listen, do you think the, the quarterback carousel has robbed Trevor Lawrence of the spotlight? Because during the football season, everybody was talking about Trevor Lawrence, but now ever since Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson became three agents, nobody don't want to talk about Trevor Lawrence for some reason. Here's what why. Do you think of that? It's they, a good question, Greg. The reason no one is talking about Trevor Lawrence is because there is nothing really to say. He is going to be the first pick in the draft, and that's it. And then we'll start talking about whether he's going to be great or not. But there's no intrigue, like there's no drama. The, the draft starts at two with the decision the Jets have to make. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one pick in this draft since his freshman year. And depending on who you ask, like I saw Colin Cosell, who's an opinion, a person whose opinion, no, Greg Cosell, Greg. excuse me, Greg Cosell said on Colin's show, that's what it was, it was on Colin Cowherd's show, 
said that he thinks Justin Herbert is, is a better, if you could start a team with one or the other, he would take Herbert over Lawrence. Dan Orlovsky loves Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Loves. Is, I mean, every, you should all, everyone should love someone the way he <laughs> loves Trevor Lawrence. So, Greg, the answer to your question is, there's just nothing to say. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick in the draft. He and Urban will get it started. And then when they start playing games in the fall, we'll start seeing how good he is. But that, that's the reason we're talking about all these other quarterbacks, because there's intrigue with them and there's really none with him. Uh, it's, it's a compliment more than anything else. Bubba, who is next? Mike is up next. Mike, what would you like to know? Hey, Granny. Hey, question. You know, there's been a couple of efforts to try to have spring or summertime football. And with this pandemic and some of the lesser programs, the Division Two and the Division Three. Uh, or some of them are playing, do you think there's an opportunity for them to maybe actually play their games and get fans into the stadium? Well, they are playing, right? I mean, I I haven't seen much. I know, I mean, it's gotten a lot of attention because Deion Sanders' team is playing. And so we've seen a little bit of that. I don't think that the the quote-unquote power – well, not quote-unquote. The Power 5 schools or any of the bigger programs are going to do it. There's too much of a connection to the NFL. You know, the XFL, which when the pandemic is totally over, the XFL will come back, and that will be the springtime football. I don't know if that answers Mike's question. Did you understand the question? Emma? Not quite. I'm not 100% sure I understood what Mike wanted to know specifically. I think there will be spring football again. I think people kind of liked the XFL. I was into it. I mean, I watched a few games and got into it a little bit, and you saw some. It was just nice to have. So I think that's going to be your spring football going forward. I don't think in any meaningful way college will do that because the overwhelming majority of the players who are playing college football are doing it because they have some hope of being drafted into the NFL and that there is a cycle there that isn't getting changed. Uh, Bubba, who is next here on ESPN Radio? We got Riley. Riley, what would you like to know? Hey, I was just checking in to see what you thought about the Arkansas Razorbacks and their hopes to go into the Final Four. Well, look, I mean, all these brackets got busted. I don't have a sheet in front of me. Who's Arkansas got next? They got Oral Roberts. Oh, so they're looking great. And then who is that? Which bracket is that? Is that the one that has my, my bracket is so smashed? <laughs> who do they play? Who, who's the winner of that? So guy? the winner of Arkansas Oral Roberts gets the winner of Baylor Villanova in the upper right. Okay, so so that's that's where you run into trouble. So look, Oral Roberts is the second 15 seed ever to get to this point, right? Florida Gulf Coast a few years ago. The what were they called? The Dunking Festival. What, what they had a name. What were they called again? The Is it Lob City or Lob Dunk City? Lob City, whatever they were called. Yeah, I think it was the Dunking Festival. The Dunking Festival of Florida Gulf Coast made it to the Sweet 16, and, and now Oral Roberts has. <laughs> so that certainly feels like a Why are you laughing? <laughs> the Dunk Festival? I forget what they were called. Whatever they were called. It was a festival of slam dunks. Why is that funny? I, I, it's just a, just the way I remember <laughs> fest, it. Festival is how you remembered it. I like the word festival. <laughs> to anyway, describe dunking? That's, that's what they were. They were a festival of slam dunks, and they were in the Sweet 16, and now so is Oral Roberts, for crying out loud. And the point of it is that Arkansas may beat them, but Baylor and Villanova, yeah. I think, is the goods. Look, I mean, if, if there's one thing that you know for sure, it's that Jay Wright knows how to win games this time of the month, and, and, or this time of the year, this month of the year. And Baylor has been one of the two best teams in the country all year long. So I think Arkansas has got an excellent chance to get to the Elite Eight. And then I would, I would say they will be an underdog in that game, regardless of which team they play. Uh, Bubba, give me one more. Who we got? All right. First, it was uh, Dunk City. Dunk City? Yeah. That's not right. That doesn't sound right. They were Dunk City? That's what the... 
internet says. No way. They were not called Dunk City. They were Dunk City. They were not Dunk Festival. They wasn't the Festival City? of Dunks. I'll Dunk tell you. City sounds like something that sounds like a water park. Sounds like an amusement park you would go to. <laughs> Doesn't it? What are we doing today? Let's take the kids to Dunk City from today. from the Florida Gulf Coast. It's appropriate. I just don't. I don't. I don't think that's right. I don't. I don't mean it's a long time ago, but I don't think that sounds right. They were not Dunk City. They were Dunk City. Dunk City. All right. Anyway, you're, Bubba, you're embellishing. You're give me embellishing. one more call. Uh, we got Joe. Joe, you're on ESPN Radio. Joe, what do you want to know? Yeah. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Great. Um, I want to know. Do you know what the Panthers are going to do at quarterback? And the second question is, how do you think Cam's going to do New England this year? Okay, so two good questions. Thank you for both of them. I like them both. As far as Carolina is concerned, if you look at Mel's mock draft, which came out today, he projects them to move up to three. That's the big trade that he is projecting, the Panthers to make the aggressive move from number eight to number three to take Justin Fields. The first two quarterbacks, I think, are in stone. I, do, I don't think there's any way Jacksonville trades number one, and I don't think the Jets will trade two. I think when push comes to shove, I think – when the Deshaun Watson thing went by the wayside, which I think it thoroughly has, again, it's not even a football conversation anymore. It's about entirely other, much more important things. I think the Jets are now locked in at two. I think the Jets will take Zach Wilson. That's not available. So the first pick and player that will be available are the three pick, the number three, at, which is Miami, and Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I think one or the other of those two guys, I think most people would take Fields. And again, that's what Mel projects is Carolina to move up there to take Justin Fields at number three. As far as Cam, here's the best case scenario. He really had very little chance to succeed last year. He got there right before the season started. He didn't have the usual stuff. They had a truncated offseason anyway. They had no preseason games. He started okay, and then he got the coronavirus, and he never looked the same again. And they had lousy weapons, and now they've put better players around him. So if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, you would say all those things. They suggest maybe Cam can put it back together again and recapture some of the magic, not MVP-level magic, but good enough to win a bunch of games in New England. Let's hope that's the case because I've always liked him and always rooted for him. Having watched it last year, if, if one wanted to argue, boy, he certainly looks like he's done, it would be very hard to argue that. That's the way it looked. But, again, you could justify all the things I just said as reasons. So let's just root for the best. I'm still not convinced that when week one rolls around, he's going to be the starting quarterback in New England. I'm Greeny uh, on ESPN Radio. We got Bubba next here with Who You Got. We'll do that in just a moment. Who You Got, which is going to include some fascinating questions today, including, I'm told, Billy Joel and food are involved in this. Those are 30 seconds away. Don't move. 30 seconds from now, we'll do who you got. But those 30 seconds, I want to remind you that UFC 260 is on the way this weekend. It's a can't-miss event, and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it, fantasy MMA is easy to play. You pick six fighters, you stay under the salary cap, you pile up points, it's secure, it's reliable. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use my name, Greeny, as the promotional code. You will get a shot at millions of of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? 
All right, it's time for Who You Got That Means, hashtag Bubba, who's got a series of binary propositions. He will ask me my opinion on things, and I'll tell him who I've got. Hello again, Bubba. Hey, we're back. All right, we got it. Here we get... We have a limited time here. I want to get in as many as we can, so let's roll. Absolutely. And I just want to clarify this tweet from July 17th, 2013, at ESPN tweeted, and the Cinderella story continues. Congrats to Florida Gulf Coast, a.k.a. Dunk, Sti- Dunk City, on their ESPYs. Best upset win. I, I think that, that they so, meant that ESPN. was a, a misprint. I think they meant to say Dunk Festival. <laughs> a festival they, of Dunks. They were a festival of Dunks. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. So, who you got as NFL's free agency's biggest winner? NFL's free agency biggest winner to this point. I mean, it's is it New England? It's kind of hard to say. They've brought in so many people, and they were going to have a good offseason just based on getting that back the people that opted out last year. So they're the first ones that jump immediately to mind. There are a bunch of individual moves that have been made that I like, but I think overall you would have to say the biggest winner of free agency has been the Patriots if you're looking at it as a team. If you're looking at individuals, there's no question the biggest winner is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz managed to do absolutely everything wrong in Philadelphia and get exactly what he wanted. Now, that kind of happened before free agency, so I'm not sure if you're including that. But if you're including the entirety of the offseason, Carson Wentz managed to alienate himself from his team, his city, his, and, and everybody, play badly, do everything wrong you could possibly do, and get exactly what he wanted. So I'd say he's a huge winner in all of this, and the Patriots as a team are the biggest winner. Bubba, what's next? Who you got as NFL free agency's biggest loser? Well. I mean, that, that's a really interesting question. I, I guess you would have to say the Bears. I feel bad just constantly piling on Andy Dalton. We treat Andy Dalton like he's terrible. But based upon the expectation, based upon the level of hopes that had been created in that city and amongst those fans whom I know well, I'm married to one of them, they really believed they were getting Russell Wilson. And they still might. And if they do, then that obviously changes everything. But as of right now, I think you would have to say the Bears would be the biggest loser of free agency. All right, Mel's latest mock draft is up. We had him on earlier. Great fun. Which team needs to move up the most and make a trade to get their quarterback? Who you got? The Bears would be the team, but they can't do it. The Bears need to enlist help. They just don't have enough. These quarterbacks are going off the board so fast. So the teams that need to move up, the ones that I think have a realistic chance to do it, if the Patriots want to get Mac Jones, Mel projects Mac Jones 15 to the Patriots. I do not believe he'll be there. If you're asking me to bet right now, I will bet that Mac Jones will go before the 15th pick in the draft. I think all five quarterbacks will be off the board by the time we get there. So if they're going to get a quarterback, which I'm not convinced they want to, but if they wanted to draft a quarterback, I would guess they will have to. I think if Carolina wants to get... The quarterback that they, if they want to be able to choose which one they want, they have to move up. Whether it's all the way up to Miami, as Mel projected, or just a few spots up to six to Philadelphia, or five to Cincinnati. If those quarterbacks start going on a run, then I could see Atlanta trading back. I could see Cincinnati trading back. I could see Miami trading back. So I, I will go with the first one in that group. I believe Carolina needs a quarterback. I think they will are the most likely to move up in a trade. Let's answer the question that way. It's Greeny. It's who you got with Bubba on ESPN Radio. What's next? All right, on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin. Jay Williams said the Lakers are more likely to be in the play-in tournament than win the West. So what do you think? Can they still win the West? No. Who you got? Absolutely not. Um, 
I mean, they're going to be without LeBron for Absolutely months. not. So mark them down for winning the West. <laughs> the hashtag KOD has been active this week with <laughs> Ohio State losing on the first day of the tournament, my national champ. Um, but no, there's no way in the world the Lakers are going to wind up winning. That doesn't mean they're not going to win. Wait, let me just clarify. Jay Will's talking about the regular season, right? He's not talking about winning the Western Conference. I still believe if they're healthy, they will win the Western Conference. He means the regu- finishing as the one seed, right? I imagine so. I... I, I <laughs> Good research on that, Bubba. Nice. Yes, I have to believe that's what he means. If he means that, then I fully agree. I think they could very well, they're much likelier to wind up in the play-in than they are to finish as the one seed. But I think that they are still very likely, if they're healthy, to win the Western Conference. Bubba, what's next? All right, let's get to the fun stuff. On this date, 36 years ago, Billy Joel married supermodel Christy Brinkley. What's your all-time favorite Billy Joel song? Who you got? Boy, that's so tough. I mean, I am a big fan. Great guy. Great songs. I mean, great guy. I mean, have you hung out with Billy Joel? When you say great guy, what do you mean by great guy? Just like, just gives it his all. I know. I love I love the first album I ever bought with my own money, which is a, if you're my age, that's a big deal. You never forget the first album you bought with your own money was The Stranger, Billy Joel. Um there's a song on that album called Vienna that I love sure. that, that I think he describes frequently as his favorite song. Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, which is on yep. that album, is a great song. There are a lot of his older stuff that I really like, going all the way back to the very beginning. Songs like um, Summer Highland Falls and You're My Home and, and stuff that was not a hit, stuff that was popular before he or that was that was he wrote before he became really popular. But so if I'm going to name a song that everybody knows. I will say Scenes from an Italian Restaurant would be my number one choice from the album The Stranger. Bubba, what's next? I'm a big uh, Down Easter Alexa fan. Yes, that's a great song. I love that song. I actually love the lullaby that he wrote for his daughter, yep. um, on the, which is on that same album, River of Dreams, <clears throat> which, is, which is called Good like Night, Allen, My Angel. Allentown as well. Allen, Allentown's a different album. Allentown's a much older song than those. Allentown, I think, was on Nylon Curtain which is a much older album. Go ahead, Bubs. All right, another one. Rick Okazic would have been 77 today, lead mm. singer of the Cars. He died about two years ago. What's your favorite new wave band from the 80s? Who you got? See, now you're right up my alley. Um, first Wave is my go-to choice on Sirius XM when I listen to music. I, I, does that include? So from the 80s, you're not including the police. The Police would be my first choice, but the albums of the Police that I really liked were the 70s, not the 80s. Right. The new wave bands of the 80s that I really liked, I love Blondie. I love Talking Heads. Yep. I don't really think of the Cars as a new wave band. Um, the Cars, to me, would have been more classic rock and roll. The English Beat, The Clash, The Specials, those to me would be more new wave. If I have to pick one, I'll say The English Beat would be my number one choice. All right, Thursday is International Waffle Day, whatever that means. Where does waffles rank for your ideal breakfast? Who last. You got? Oh, last. low. Oh, wow. so low. Low, last. Whoa, oh, it's, whoa. Uh, it's, 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 it's last on my list of breakfast carbs. We must have had this conversation on Mike and Mike a million times. Yeah, a million and one. On the list of breakfast carbs, it's ahead of oatmeal, I guess, but oatmeal is at least healthy, but it's way behind pancakes and French toast. Pancakes and French toast are 1A. One one oh, yeah, French w- toast is great. Waffles is way below. Bubba, give me the sponsor. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is always there to help. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. I like pancakes. I, 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 if I, last week, my, I had a little bit of a problem with the Tom Tom. Yeah, you did. A little upset stomach. Bad. 
We got I got myself some pancakes right, for easy lunch. Easy there, Hembo. Last time you had Bad. pancakes for lunch. <laughs> oh, it was a delight. Pancakes for lunch is a, a very underrated delight. Festival of pancakes. It's a festival of pancakes. Fun day today. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow back in Better Than Ever right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.